0: Hi, Mary.
1: Hi, Meredith. Hi, listeners. How's it going? Good? Good. (laughs) Oh, the listeners. Yes. Yeah, I'm happy for them. And if they're not, then hopefully this episode will put a little bit of brightness in their day.
0: Yeah, we'll spring in their step, I think. All right, we're continuing our interview series. And today we had on Tim Lowry, who is the TV editor at the AB Club. He'll tell you himself what he does He is the one that I get my freelance assignments from, and he's a super cool guy.
1: Yes, has some cool show experiences from throughout the years, so that was really fun to talk to him about. It's fun to just talk to like a fan, and I feel like that's what this conversation is.
0: Oh, yeah. I love that. I love that for us. And like I said, super cool, super nice guy. Being a freelancer is wild, so I had never actually seen his face or spoken to him before this interview, though I've written stuff for the website and we've emailed a lot, so this was kind of a treat. That's great. And I hope it's a treat for you to listen to as well. I hope that comes across because it was very joyful.
1: All right. Ready to... Yeah. Yeah, we can. Go into the episode, right? hmm
0: Hi. So, why don't you tell us a little bit About yourself.
2: For my job, I work for the AV Club. I work with you a lot, Meredith. You're one of our great freelancers. Um, I'm the TV editor, so I do all the TV stuff. I live in LA. I've lived here since 2017, and that's about it. My job and my location are apparently all I have to say about myself.
0: How did you get to know the music of Wilco?
2: So I was actually thinking about this last night because it's kind of a weird story. In the fall of 2001, I was a freshman at a college in Milwaukee, Wisconsin, and I came down to, um, see the White Stripes play this club in Chicago. And I was waiting in line to get in, was really excited. And I had heard about Wilco. I knew they had come out with something, but it like wasn't released. I like pretended to know what the cool stuff was. My friend's like, Hey, that's John. He plays bass in Wilco. And I had no idea really who Wilco was, but I'd heard of them like, oh, yeah, I know. They're great, but I like this, you know, playing like Mr. Cool Guy. Also, I'm not sure if that was even John there. He might have been pointing to some random dude. I wouldn't know. I didn't know anything about Wilco. But I do remember after that conversation, finally listening to them and being like, oh, I shouldn't have been ignoring these tips. And then I feel like over the next year, the summer after that, I think the album actually came out, Yankee Hotel Foxtrot. And By that point, I was already like deep into Summer Teeth and being there and all that good stuff. And yeah, it came really fast. Once I heard Yankee, the dive into the two previous records came really fast for me because I hadn't heard anything like it. So convoluted way of saying I pretended sort of to know who they were, even though I didn't. But I'm very glad I eventually did dive in.
0: I like that story very much. Are you from Chicago? Yeah. Oh. So do you have any kind of Chicago-related Wilco experiences?
2: Chicago-related experiences? Yeah. I mean, I saw them at Lollapalooza in 2008 on the waterfront. That was really cool. I used to know somebody who did this guitar strap company in Chicago that wasn't actually that far away from where their loft is. Did Jeff's like owl print. Um, I don't know if he still does that, but he definitely did it around like... Is that like soldier straps? Yeah. How do you know yeah. that?
1: I have the John one. I'm a bass player. So I have oh, the very cool. one. That's
2: amazing. Yeah. Um, yeah. They're like a really cool couple and they just like made those in their garage. And that's super cool. I have one of those too. Which awesome. one do you have? I don't have a Wilco one. It's a dead stock from something Jimi Hendrix wore in like 68 for one of his straps.
0: Oh. So
2: that's my one cool thing on a very not expensive guitar <laughs> uh, so that was like a big thing I remember going to where they made those and but when you live in Chicago for a while you understand where their loft is and that just being kind of magical thinking that they, at that point, had recorded an album there and wrote those cool songs there and created stuff. And it's just like a really normal part of Chicago. It's not the super cool thing, or at least back then it wasn't. It was just a building you'd go by, you wouldn't even know. That seems to speak to the ethos of the band and why a lot of people stay with them, I think, a bit. My last Chicago-y thing was I went to a party once and I'm 99% sure Pat was there. And I remember all my friends and I were like, that is so cool. Why is this guy here? but none of us could go up and talk to him. It was a lot of like young men staring at a slightly older man that we thought was cool and not being (laughs) able to be like, hi, how are you? Yeah, no super insidery things, but it was definitely whenever there was a slight even tangential run in, it was kind of a big deal for me. I hate to say people's stories from them because you never know if it's exaggerated, but that's definitely a thing like running into people who ran into people from that band when you live there. Because they sort of are like weird celebrities, even though they're not famous, famous. It's like, I feel like in Chicago, if you're a band that can only be a band, you don't have to have another job. That's a huge, huge leap. And they were definitely one of the only ones to be able to do that.
0: Yeah, music, music is tough. People have been saying for years, like Spotify pays nothing for streaming. It takes... What is it, Mary? It's like 10,000 streams to make a dollar or something like that from one of your songs on streaming? It's outrageous. Yeah,
2: Yeah, it's crazy. It's like the one industry where they seem to have taken, well, we can go on tour and make money that way. And they're just like, okay. And I don't mean to say bands were like, okay, they didn't have a say in it, but it seems like there's a union or they tried to do that with actors. They would have been like, wait, hold on. Seems very backwards to me.
0: Do you have a favorite Wilco-tinged memory
2: yeah, I do. I was actually thinking about this the other weekend because I was in Milwaukee, again, where I went to school. I saw them at Summerfest in 2003. And I am not 100% sure, but I'm pretty sure it was only four of them. And they played like right on the lake. And, you know, I was like 20 with my stupid friends sneaking up to like second row. And I just remember that being incredible. And I remember, for lack of a better term, rocking. (laughs) I felt like there was some definite teases to they might have played. At least that's what you said off Ghost is Born, but there was definitely some of that like Neil Youngy guitar vibe. And I thought that was the coolest because I'd never really seen Jeff do like lead stuff And I remember being so shocked because I was thinking, oh, it's Wilco. And now people love that record. It was like the record of the summer, the summer before. It was just like pared down and super good. And they played like a bunch of being there stuff. And yeah, that would be my favorite show memory. I was able to see Jeff twice play at University of Illinois by himself in almost like a classroom arena. Like it made sense that he would play there there through enough seats. But it was also like you're sitting at a desk almost. And I remember those being really special too. But yeah, those would be the the rocking one would be Milwaukee 20 years ago, and then the less rocking, moving ones would be University of Illinois.
0: So then this question, Wilco shows up in TV and film a fair bit, and TV is your professional realm of experience. Do any of their appearances or needle drops stand out to you as particularly good or bad?
2: Sure. That is a really good question. It's really hard when there's a song that means something to you, and you've spent time like walking around listening to, and then they add it to a moving image to sound like I'm 100 years old. It's just tough to pull that off. One that does spring to mind, I really liked your talk about the bear, too. Oh, thank you. And you mentioning Todd's Needle Drop piece. One that does spring to mind and a show that I think has just a really good soundtrack in general is Friday Night Lights. This wasn't the best season, but the first episode of season two, when the coach's wife is giving birth, spoiler alert, to their baby girl. They play um, Muzzle Bees, and it goes from like the pretty intro to the distortion. And I thought they used it just beautifully. That would probably be... I mean, it's hard. That one -er episode of The Bear, when they use Kid Smoke, is pretty incredible. I guess it would be those two. But I remember really liking Friday Night Lights, and it's a show about football, so everyone's like, that sounds stupid. And then... They would watch an episode like that and be like, oh, they have like Wilco and the ponies on this show. What's going on? And it's a, it's a cool show. That one stands out to me of being like pleasantly surprised that they use that song so well.
0: That's really cool. I never got into Friday Night Lights.
2: It's, this is not a Friday Night Lights po- podcast. It's great. I think you might like it.
0: I probably would. There's so much TV, as you know. Too much. Yeah. <laughs> You're like playing like too much for <laughs> <laughs> <over> TV. <laughs>
2: I know, I think people think I'm some expert on all TV and I'll be at a party and they'll be like, oh, have you seen, no, (laughs) I have not seen that.
1: The next question we have is, do you have a favorite Wilco song or album?
2: Great question. My favorite song I think it might be She's a Jar. I remember hearing that song, and there's a lot of songs on that record that are so weird because it's so pretty, but it has these really ugly lyrics thrown in. And I think during that period, I just couldn't name another band that was pulling that sort of stuff off. And so when I was younger, like 1920, I just remember playing that song over and over. Don't know what that says about me, but uh <laughs> I thought it was really pretty remarkable lyrically. Favorite album probably now is, I go back to just the first one I heard, Yankee Hotel, Foxtrot. Summer Teeth was probably my favorite in college. Afterwards, is probably A Ghost is Born and then being there. But as I get older, I don't listen to them as crazy as I used to. And when I do, I tend to put that record on if I want to hear like a whole album.
0: It's a good one to pick.
2: It's pretty good. I had a friend that said the opening track is better than most good albums. And I think that's a good way to put it. The lyrics really hit. Sound really hits. It sounds new. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So last question we have for you is what are you listening to these days? It doesn't have to be Wilco.
2: Oh, yeah. Cool. So, speaking of Chicago, and I want to make sure I got the band name right, the... Artist name is Hazel City. If you remember the band Twin Peaks, it's one of the guys from that band. Twin Peaks are really incredible Chicago bands. I really love them. And this is much more like soft and singer songwritery, which they weren't super well known for. And it's really pretty music. There's great duets. Also very much loves the city of Chicago and is part of that scene there. That would be my big wreck. I saw they got an opening slot for Bonnie Dune, which is another band I really love. Um, so I hope within the next year, they become kind of a thing, but just came out with one album like a few weeks ago and it's really great. It's been like my lunch listen for the past few weeks. So Hazel City would be my pick.
0: That's cool. That's actually a band I haven't heard of. So now I feel like I have a scoop.
2: Nice. Yeah. They played a show at the Hungry Brain, a small place in Chicago and my brother's friend sent me, just an audio recording of being there. And I was like, what is this? And he's like, oh, it's this guy from Twin Peaks. And then I listened to this shitty, just iPhone recording all the time. And then they finally started coming out with music. It's really good. I highly recommend it.
1: Cool. I appreciate that. Is there anything else that you want to talk about, Tim? Just anything else related to Wilco that you would like to say?
2: I would love to know. I assume both of you have been fans for like a long time. Where are you at with the band now? Like, what's your relationship? Do you, obviously, you started a podcast. So, do you like always see them always up on the Jeff and Wilco news? Is that accurate?
1: I've seen Wilco twice in 10 years. I don't follow them like a lot of people do. I just have always appreciated their music since I first heard it when I was about 12. Really have loved their music and love to hear what they're coming out with because it's always new and exciting. And then I just like admire the band just as seems like genuinely good people. And from people we've talked to, that seems to be true, which is really awesome. And how Wilco tends to find and gather other really talented, creative musicians and artists because they just love to support small businesses. And we just enjoy Wilco as a conglomerate of artists and people. So that's why we really like to talk about them.
0: I would definitely agree. It's funny because I've always loved Wilco. I haven't seen them that much live either. And they are definitely those people who follow them from location to location and always park in the front row. We're definitely not able to do that. It would be nice, but also kind of a big time commitment, right? The thing I kind of love about our podcast is we're really big fans, but we're not really out here to prove that we're the biggest fans. You know what I mean? So when I asked you to be on and you were like, I'm not an expert, I was like, that's perfect because neither are we. I've read things. Mary's read things. We have our own personal unique experiences with Wilco, but that's kind of the best you can ask, really, I think.
2: Well, it's refreshing because as I'm sure you both know, I can remember just going to like documentary screenings of artists I really like, like two that spring to mind are Elliot Smith and Jay Retard. And oh my goodness, those Q&As are not fun afterwards because it's like every dude's trying to out like, well, you weren't at the show in 94 when it's like, well, yeah, I was like seven in 94. I don't know. Anyway, I was just curious and I think that's the best way to enjoy them personally too.
0: That's hilarious. Yeah, fans are definitely like that. Also, people in comment sections are very much like that.
2: <laughs> oh, yeah, uh, there's no the at the beginning of the title. <laughs> yep.
0: Yeah, that's how they are. Um, but on this podcast, every, well, I I like to think we're very lovely, but our guests have been very lovely um, and down-to-earth people, too. So it's it's been good. We're that kind of podcast. We're your homespun. Average fan, kind of Wilco podcast, I think.
2: Cool. Well, this has been really fun for me. Cool way to start the day. Yeah. Thanks for having me. Only listen to the bear episode, but I will dig into your actual proper episodes. I'm excited. I'm not completely up to date with Wilco. I've heard every album, but you know, you go through times in your life where some band is more important than another and whatever. So maybe it'll force me to revisit something from like the late 2010s that is really cool that I don't quite know.
0: Yeah as is the title, Wilco will love you. So they're there for you whenever you get around to them. Cool, cool. Oh, that was fun. That was very fun. I like getting to talk
1: to these people. It's great. It's great to talk to someone who's a Chicago native and has fun stories of like being out and about in Chicago and seeing Pat Sandstone and just like showing up places and like Wilco's there.
0: Yeah, you're right. That's kind of something that we hadn't really heard anyone say before.
1: Yeah, I don't think so. And now it's part of our
0: podcast repertoire. That's nice.
1: I love that we get these stories from people that maybe would have never been heard. Me
0: too. So the
1: people need to know the things. All the things like, please rate us on the podcast platform of your choosing and give us a review. Mm-hmm. And you can email us at WWLYpodcast at gmail.com and follow us on Instagram where we announce all the things at WWLYpodcast. That's right. Those are all the things. Did I get them all? I think I did. Except for one,
0: which is that. Well, will Love you. <laughs> I oh, will love you.
1: hmm They will. They will. Ta-da! I liked that you described it in the end of that interview. Like, another way to think of Wilco will love you is like, Wilco will be there whenever you're ready. Hey, you haven't listened to the most recent album yet? No big deal. It's still going to be there. They made it for us. I liked that kind of addendum to Wilco will love you as a phrase. It was good.
0: Well, thank you. This is some nice feedback for me from my co-host. <laughs> well, thank you, Mary. Alrighty then. Bye. Bye.
1: Wilco will love you is co-hosted by me, Mary McLean Mellis, and me, Meredith Hobbs Coons. It is edited by Greta Stromquist and Meredith Hobbs Coons, and hosted by Simplecast with theme music by Adam Nash. Be sure to
0: subscribe wherever you get your podcast so that you don't miss an episode.